Woke up this morning with the sundown shining in him. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Trip down a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind. On a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new so, uh, you know, that's what you, uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. Just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sundown. One more big session, Jacks. I'm Tamo. Rick Peppers on the board. We're here late this morning, but we will catch up. SP futures up seven. NZF futures up 90 as we continue to tear back at the down day on Tuesday with the CPI number. Um, Tuesday or Wednesday, one of those days, uh, and the uh, you know we, we, it looks like we've made almost all of that back. I would I would think we have. Um, not sure why that is. The bonds have come back a little bit, and the ten-year rate has dropped a little bit, so that's part of the reason, part of the rational reason for us to have come back. But uh, we're still not anywhere near where the ten-year was before that announcement. Well, today we have PPI coming out. Uh, we'll see what that brings. Uh, do we have Mr. Kevin? Good morning. We how, do. How are you, bud? Hey, I'm doing okay. I, I, I'm, I'm just going to give you a heads up. I, I'm going to have some money for you to manage. Um, this morning I got an email from the International Consortium of Banks. <coughs> that's that's International Consortium of Banks at gmail.com, by the way. Yep. Um, and it says, attention, sir, I've been directed to require from you, if you or inquire from you, if your accrued interest fund and part payment of... Uh, $60,587,491 million, $60 million uh, has been paid to you as reported in our payment audit window. Confirm the status to me immediately. If I do not receive any response from you within the next 48 hours, we shall assume that your accrued interest of all those millions of dollars has been successfully received uh, by you and your name and information will be completely erased from our payment database. Have a nice day. So, have a nice um, day. I, I got to get back to these guys and tell them I didn't get the money, but uh, but I'm sure if I give them my bank account number, they'll put it there for me. Have a nice day. Yeah, I like to have a nice day. Um, just don't don't give me your PTI account number. We don't want to. We don't want to come in here. <laughs> PTI. <laughs> send it over to that chief guy. Let him give me their bank account. Eh, I don't think we'd do that. Um, it's uh. It is sort of interesting. I think a lot of people get uh, taken on that. I, uh, I know. Yeah, I haven't received one of those kinds of emails, and I don't know how long. And I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't inspect everything in my spam filter. I just usually just go in and delete it. Um, so uh, you know, it, it, without looking at what all's in there. 
So I, maybe I've gotten them and they've just gotten uh, filtered out, but um, but it has been a long time since I've gotten one of those kinds of uh, emails. It, it's been a long time since I got one of those. I do from time to time get one, actually at my PTI address, which is kind of bizarre, uh, where the where somebody has uh, charged you know a bazillion dollars worth of Bitcoin on my credit card, and they want to know all about my credit card, and I just. Obviously, I don't believe it, so I just go to my credit cards, and if I don't see any charges, I just delete it. Uh, I get I get those that somebody has charged something, and by the way, do you approve of this charge kind of thing? And what are they looking for there? They're just just your credit card number? Or they they're, just, they're just gathering credit card information. They're, they probably will need your uh, uh, security code too. Oh yeah, we gotta get something something to get in there. But uh, uh, crazy stuff. Um, I'm uh, as we as we. It is it is strange when uh, when we have uh, you know people and I, don't, I definitely don't want to talk about the political side of this, but before anybody says anything better about our buddy Putin, guess what his 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 chief rival rival has just died in a Siberian jail at age forty seven. Go figure, huh? Um, yeah, I'm sure it was just an accident. I'm oh absolutely. How did how did that thing fall on his head? I can't I can't. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, so, and crush his skull. Um, it is. I mean, I tell you what. I, what I've learned from from uh, Lou is, I absolutely cannot put my head into the head of some of these people and how they think and how little they think about people's lives. I, I just, I just can't do that. I mean, I just, It's impossible for me to do that. Um, and you know, I. Uh, it's, it's interesting. The more you read about some of the World War II stuff. Uh, and that Roosevelt, I think, was a pretty decent sort, like his whole life. I mean, I'm not going to compare myself to Roosevelt. I'm sure as hell I can't do that. He never, the more you read, he never could really come to grips with how big and bleep Stalin was. He always thought that if he was talking to him, he could somehow find some some vein in the guy's body that was somewhat normal. And 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 be able to have a legitimate discussion about people and things like that. And Churchill, and to a large extent Harry Truman, were never fooled by the man. And, and Roosevelt, I don't know if it's fooled. It's just some kind of idea that nobody could be like that. John, well, John, it, it's the uh, it, it's the same. You know, let's let's relate it to sports. How many coaches are out there who say, "Well, this guy's really talented, but he's been a." a um, you know, he's been a jerk everywhere he's been. He's been a, a problem, but I can coach him. I can change. Yeah, him. Oh, yeah. Um, it, I, I think you get a lot of that attitude, and you know, it's. I, I suppose self confidence can be a wonderful thing like that, but uh, um, and and you can do it altruistically, but uh, but in the end, yeah, some people, and, and you know, this is actually an interesting conversation I have in the classroom a lot. Is that there are a lot of right ways to do it. You talk about things like. You know, when you're looking at quality management, that most of the time your problems aren't people problems, they're process problems. But you know what? Once in a while, some people insist on being the problem. Well, yeah, and I, I, uh, it probably isn't all that stuff you, sh- you should say, but I mean, we knew a lot of people, and, and uh, uh, I don't think we anybody never knew anybody who abused their girlfriend or their boyfriend, but we knew some guys that were, you know, not the best, and uh, uh, the joke always was, "What what does every uh, abusive guy have in common?" 
They always have a date on Saturday night. Somebody's always, somebody's always, it's not their fault, it's the girls before them, I can change them. I mean, it's endemic. It's not just Putin and, and Stalin. I mean, it, people are always trying to, and some people, by the way, can be changed, and, and uh, other people, you know, can't. <laughs> I, mean, I, I would argue that some people, that hardly anybody can be changed, but some people can change themselves. Right, that, that's what I meant, sorry. Because clearly, uh, when Warren Beatty totally changed when he met what's her name, right? Not funny. Yeah, and I think the the guy who played for the Hawks uh, once he got married, Patrick Kane, never never an issue of the guy afterward, right? So so it's not like you know it can't happen. It can, but, but oh, I have yeah, a, and sometimes it's it's young people who are just especially if you know if a lot comes your way when you're very young, you get to yeah. be very very entitled. And, uh, and in those cases, it's just some, sometimes it's a matter of growing up. Um, but, you know, there's lots of different reasons. But, uh, but ultimately, you know, what do you say? Well, you say um, it's up to the individual to change. I can't change them. Yeah, I mean, I, but I, I would think... And it's, it's a futile effort. It's a good way to make sure you're frustrated for, the, for your life. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, uh, you just wonder if, if ever you meet with one of these people. And this is not... I mean, I, I think... Uh, Trump actually thought that if he actually sat face to face with the guy in North Korea, that there could be some common ground. I'm sure I don't think Trump thought he could change the guy, but there would be some common ground. There, there just isn't. <laughs> some, well, I, you know, and in, in the case when it, when we bring it back to politics like that, I think it's worth trying. It's trying. It's worth trying to find out if is there some kind of common interest. Um, so you know, if if you can get something where uh, you know I'm better off, you're better off, um, then you get some really strange bedfellows in in the political world. Um, but it you know it, it's worth a shot, uh, but it's worth a shot understanding uh, that it's likely a futile effort. Well, we did when we were you know bitter enemies with the Russians, you know, and, and Kennedy I think was guilty of being a Roosevelt when his first meeting with Khrushchev. He didn't think the guy was that bad, and he was. <laughs> Turns out he lied to him. Oh, yeah. no. Surprise, yeah. surprise. But, you know, Reagan's a, a different example. He got into the whole trust but verify mindset that I think is appropriate. Okay, yeah, let's make a deal. But, you know what? I, I'm going, and, and we can even say we trust each other uh, because we both signed off on the deal. But, you know, the verification, the... Uh, I trust you a little. I don't trust you that much. I, w- I would um, say, though, he... You know, I, I think that becomes your your uh, point of view on it. He, he was also... Well, we, had, we had SALT 1 and SALT 2 with the Russians when we didn't like him, but I'm going to say that Reagan, and I, I'm not criticizing the man at all about this, I think he was... There's a huge difference between Stalin, Putin, Khrushchev, and Gorbachev. I think Gorbachev was actually... Was when Gorbachev you, his or was Brezhnev his? I, I think it was Gorbachev. I don't know if Gorbachev was there until the Elder Bush. No, didn't he say Mr. Gorbachev turned on this wall? Oh, yes, he did. Yes, oh, he did. Yep. But I, th- I think Gorbachev, out of all those people, was by far the most decent, I think. I mean, I, I don't remember yeah, that. I actually saw him give a speech. It was very interesting. He, he, um, he uh, Gorbachev was... Uh, he was sort of interested in uh, growing the economy, participating in the inter- international economy, and that became his driver. And that was a basis for um, for negotiation, because he knew unless they did something about the Russian economy, such as it was in the 1980s, um, that uh, that they would be left behind. Well, they're still not much better. 
the economy, except for I oil. Understand, but they at least uh, at least have uh, over the years have drawn some investment dollars into their country, um, much to uh, much to my chagrin, based you know based on some of the uh, U.S. companies involved. Well, that that is the truth. You you do wonder if the if the regular Russian uh, uh, I won't call them, they used to call them peasants, but they call them that. But is their life getting any better? I mean, I, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you, Tom. I'd have to do some research on that because I, I paid close attention. But you know, there's there's some good writers out there, Russian expatriates or people who left the country and are now American citizens. You can find some good writers who will. Uh, 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 on occasion, uh, uh, contrast what we're doing in the U.S. with what Russia was like. Not not in a very flattering way, by the way. Um, and, uh, uh, and and you know, I, I think you, you start to get some insights into what you know what it was like growing up in the Soviet Union, even when they had relative prosperity compared to what they were in the fifties uh, and sixties. Yeah, I don't I don't know the difference between. Cities and rural areas and so forth. I mean, the rurals it can't be that much. But I remember, remember the. Uh, I, don't, I read part of the book. This guy gave a big uh, speech. Well, I forget the guy's name. Damn it. Um, maybe Greg could find it for him. Who was uh, the the broker, the investor, uh, your investment biker or something? That was, that was his. What was his name, Greg? Uh, that was Soros's partner. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, maybe you can find it because I, re- I listened to the guy and <laughs> God, what, what, what a character, Kevin. I mean, the dude, he's Jim teaching something. What? Jim, Jim, you know, Jim something. Jim Rogers? Yeah, Jim Rogers. Uh, Jim Rogers? I don't know. Ro- Rogers was the last name anyway. So he, re- he, he decides he's going to go around the world on a motorcycle, right? But he's gonna, he also going to take this girl with him. The only problem with that is <clears throat> he's, uh, I'm going to say at least in his 40s, teaching at some college, and she's a student. How'd that go over, Kevin? That's always, always, totally accepted. Yeah, oh, yeah. nobody could ever have a problem with that. And he was, he was kind of miffed that her parents had a little problem with it. <laughs> Not to mention that he th- he felt he needed a new bike, so he buys himself a new. I think he said he bought a. Actually, it sounds a little bit like Bobby Petrino when he was in Arkansas. Yeah, well, plus the guy's about five six, and the girl's like five ten, and which would make it look weird in the book. But not that you shouldn't, you know, if you're five six, go out with a girl's five ten, but just look kind of weird. And so he goes out and he buys a brand new BMW. He does all his research on motorcycles, and he uh, decides that's the world's best motorcycle. So he buys that for himself. He gives her his old one instead of buying her one too. The big shot, right? So <clears throat> they head off, and the, and the book is. Uh, pretty interesting in some spots he said there's, there's like nothing like like camping out in the Sahara Desert where nobody, there isn't a tree there isn't anything, he goes there's no view of the sky, anything like that it's probably like that if you're on the ocean somewhere but uh, then he gets to Russia and they're, they're trying to get across Russia well every place they're going they're, you know, they're, they're buying stuff and then there's a lot of interesting stuff in the book stuff that like every, every place they went no matter what Somebody had figured out to make beer. There was always at least a brewery or two <laughs> in the towns they went in the middle of nowhere. They have priorities in life. Yeah, there's priorities in life. My brother's always, uh, <clears throat> he makes his own beer, and he's always very uh, interested in the fact that making wine is pretty simple, right? I mean, you basically stomp on the grapes, let them, let them ferment, and you got some kind of half-ass wine. Uh, 
brewing beer is actually about a five or six step process. I mean, it's not something you would you would just think of or it would happen by accident, like maybe some crushed grapes turning into alcohol. And because it's but everybody figured it out <laughs> because it's amazing, but it's it's really not easy to do to make beer. Anyway, so he gets in Russia, and there's towns where he. They said, I'm going to go to the next town. They go, well, how are you going to get there? Well, I'm going to take my motorbike. Well, there's towns adjacent, adjacent to each other that don't have a road. And it, what they would do, because he, he was somewhere always near the railroad, the Transcontinental Railroad, which, you know, there's one of them. Now I guess there's two uh, that go across. The, uh, he said he'd have, to, he'd have to pay some guy off to, to let him have a uh, not-used flat car, and they put the bikes on the flat car and pitched the tent on the flat car and slept on the train overnight as it's moving to get from a town to town because no, there was no other way to get there. You had to turn back and go where, where you came from. It's, it's something we never even think of here. When It's kind of cool. Actually, I, I try to mount the back uh, the bike on the flat car and just sit on the seat and pretend I'm riding as I go along there. Well, you can do that too. <laughs> Maybe not all night. Uh, but Armin Hammer... When, when he went to, that's how he got all his money, originally. He became the head of Oxy, but it, it had a, his story of his life. If you ever want to read one of the most fascinating accounts of somebody's life, read about the first two-thirds of Armand Hammer by Armand Hammer, his auto, autobiography. The guy made a fortune in, in uh, Brooklyn, or uh, not Brooklyn, uh, Greenwich Village. He had, like, the biggest house in Greenwich Village. He was during the, the uh, Prohibition. He sold a tincture of ginger. I don't know what the hell that is, but you, you sold it to all these drugstores. Well, it, it was mostly all alcohol. It was a drug, but it was mostly like all those drugs were in those days. So your, your biggest speakeasies in that area were your drugstores. The thing, all you do is put uh, sparkling water in there, and you essentially had a highball, <laughs> alcohol and ginger ale. And he made a fortune. So then his dad, talk about, you know, the, I mentioned this before, now we got on this subject, but his his dad was a doctor and had gone to several rallies during the Depression, um, like Marxist rallies or something. Uh, but it was not all that obvious during the Depression. I mean, people get this view now that the the, comp- the country was in basically Bleep Creek and nobody had a job and people were wandering around and on food lines. That everybody was happy with the political establishment. They weren't. There were there were Nazi rallies in, in, in Madison Square Garden for God's sake, and uh, so his his dad went to one of these alternative government kind of things. The government got wind of it. He went to deliver a baby at home, and something screwed up. Well, they accused him of of deliver of doing an abortion, which he didn't. Um, I think he tried to perform a cesarean because he couldn't get the lady to the hospital. Some some story. Well, they put him in jail. So Roman Hammer decides, well, I'm not going to every weekend go up on a train to see his dad in jail. I can't go see him there. I'm going to, over to Russia. Well, he, he hops on the train. Now, he's, he's a doctor. So you know, he hops on the train, Trans-Siberian Express, not Express at all. It took, you know, how many days to get across Russia? It was like a week on the thing. You had to bring your own food, your own candles, because no lights on it, nothing like that. So he gets on there, and he, and he, he meets a guy, and starts talking. they start talking about asbestos. Well, you've... He never was a doctor again after that. They, they, they mined all this asbestos in Russia. And he also, evidently, what else is hard to do, which I never would have guessed, it's actually very hard to make a pencil. So they became, they, they, they bought the technology here, they, they brought it over to Russia. For years, they were the, they were the ma- pencil manufacturers for, for Russia. 
and uh, and made a fortune doing that. So he made all his money, all his esoteric stuff around the world, long before he even thought about oil. I mean, just a, just a fascinating book. But but the period piece about Russia, he ended up meeting like everybody. Lenin, Stalin. He said Lenin, with the exception of Roosevelt, is probably the smartest man he ever met. And he evidently, as soon as he got in power, realized that the economy was doing lousy. And did sort of the same thing Gorbachev did. He totally let loose of the economy, and within a year, the place had gotten an, an awful lot better. This was during the 20s. Well, and then he got bumped off by Stalin. Was it was Stalin right after him, or was there somebody in the middle? I don't remember. Um, anyway, it's a fascinating book. If anybody, but you know, once once you get to the part about accidental petroleum, then it gets kind of boring. But the, the first part was was pretty incredible. Plus, he was saying living in New York, I don't think we would like doing this, Kevin. It was so hot in the summertime in those old flat, flat top buildings, the tenements, that people would sleep on the fire escape, where every kid got a step and the parents got the, got the platform between between the going one way and the other. I don't know if I could ever get used to that. I, I think I might take the heat instead of that. Just saying. Maybe you get used to anything, but can you imagine that? No. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> God. Anyway, um... Your girl Caitlin Clark did the ding, the deed last night, right? Um, <laughs> Tom, too much information here. Um, uh, she broke the record for ladies. She broke the record. She broke the scoring record. Yeah, how many did she put up? I, I, I was I'm not sure. Forty three. Busy being crabby after the Notre Dame loss. Forty three. Well, the, the oh, the girls lost. Yeah. Ooh. Sorry, forty nine. Forty nine. Yeah, they lost to the um, uh, NC State, number three team in the country. By a lot or a little. By a lot, they they played like crap. Well, the guys are on a streak, though. Uh, t- two counts as a streak. They have uh, uh, the weekend off, and then they uh, they will play Louisville. So they actually have a legitimate chance to make it three in a row. Three, Pete? No, no, that's you got to win three times for that. You can't. Yeah, well, let's see, let's see how it goes. But um, you know, they're they're making progress. I I, I like what Micah Shrewsbury is doing with them. They just you know you, you're not going to win a lot of games playing a whole bunch of freshmen. Well, look what happened to the guy in Marquette. And all of a sudden, now they got a real team. Yeah. So, you know, you you, you got to build it up. But, you know, uh, actually, just um, just to describe something for people who are basketball fans might appreciate this, one of the key plays in the game was late, um, and uh, Georgia Tech deflected a pass, uh, and they were under 10 on the shot clock. They detected a, deflected a pass, and it went out of bounds on the Georgia Tech side of the uh, 10 second line. So just a, a few feet there. So now you have 3.6 seconds left and uh, um, it, you know on the uh, on the shot clock and uh, and you got to run an inbounds play. And th- this was just kind of cool to watch it unfold in the stadium because uh, you know they they needed to do something, you know, what are you going to do and coaches, you know, Coaches don't call many plays when it gets right down to it. I mean, what, what you do most of the time, especially in college, is you tell them, you know, you're going to run our offense. You're going to execute our offense and all the cuts that go with it and so on. So anyway, they have their standard set of inbound plays. And it turns out after the game, he said, yeah, this was something they hadn't practiced in a long time. And all of a sudden you see Micah Shrewsbury up directing people, spreading way out on the floor everywhere. He puts Kebajai at the top of the key. Kebajai is a six foot ten big man with a shooting range of about the dunk. Uh, that's, okay. about, that's about his shooting range. 
and uh, and, and so they, they just executed this really beautiful give and go with Tay Davis and, and Kebajai, uh, where you know in three seconds they uh, you know they inbounded the ball. Uh, the guy inbounding the ball was Tay Davis, so he throws it in. Everybody else is spread out, and you, you could see Shrewsbury when they were getting set up. You know, nobody knew what he was talking about, and so he you, know, you go over there, you go over there. <laughs> you know, he's directing this whole thing with the, all these these young guys, and uh, and then he has them inbound, and the the guy who inbounded the ball then made a beeline for the uh, uh, for Jai, and who got the ball right back to him, and he drove and put down. The, uh, it was a contested layup, but it was a really nice play. Well, I always uh, appreciate, yeah, I always appreciate those kinds of things, those little moments in a game where it, you know, something has to be orchestrated, and it, and people have to think on the fly because he didn't want to use a timeout to do this. Because once he did, then they could set up anything they want, and the opposing coach would be able to adjust, would be able to call a counter timeout, whatever they want. So people are doing all this, you know, when they have to think under pressure on the fly. I think that tells you a lot about people, and that's true in any aspect of life. Um, and uh, it, it's just one of the cool things I like about sports because it is so obvious most of the time for. Well, the guy, the guy who's throwing the ball in, he's always the guy that people forget to guard. Often enough, yeah, especially when he's uh, especially when he's six nine, and you don't expect him to uh, uh, to be the guy taking the ball up the uh, uh, up the lane. Hey, uh, when Carl comes on, we're going to talk uh, a little bit. We've had uh, Janet Yellen, my favorite. Ugh. Um, anyway, talking about how they're not going to worry about the price level because uh, wages are going up fast enough to to solve that problem. Um, yeah, well, so it would be good in what, 12 to 15 well, that's, years? That's the same. You know, but Kevin, it's the, it's the exact same mentality as we're not going to worry about national debt as long as the economy is growing by a hundredth of a percent faster than the debt in 500 years will be there, so we're not going to worry about it. It's sort of the same deal. Uh, people can put up with it for another three or four or five or ten years, but eventually they'll catch it. Uh, when now, Carl, last time, I just I talked to him, and we're going to do it in his hour, we do a deeper dive into the labor numbers of a couple of weeks ago in their wage section, which you don't normally do. But he, he did mention that the hourly wage is going up, which I think is what the administration is, you know, basically sitting their head on top of. But he also said, I believe, and I'm going to go through it again today, is from memory, that the weekly paycheck is actually down, which is... Yeah, because you're not it, getting the hours. You're not getting your, the your hours. Rate, your rate might be up, but you're, you know, there, there's... Uh, the, it, the multiplication uh, um, <laughs> formula yeah. has two has two aspects to it, not just one. Yeah, there's there's something on both sides of the X in the middle, right? <laughs> if you're touring, anyway. Uh, but my question to you is, since I mean, everybody who comes into your class from every different walk of life uh, doesn't, you know, have their 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 paycheck and their and their hourly wage sticked on their forehead, but you've been able to figure out the years you've been there. Um, kind of what people are making, and what because they'll tell you how much of a raise they get after a after a certification or something like that. What if you were to put a number on it? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll lob one out there for my inflation number that people can argue about. I'm gonna say the total inflation since the COVID started is 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 40 percent plus or minus two. Um, I'm gonna say the average person's wage is up 15 to 20, and they're and they're 20 behind. What what are you seeing in the area? Because your area is pretty pretty bustling, so people are probably 
going to have some wage increases by moving from job to job just because but I don't know that you're you're heavily unionized where you're going to get the the one twenty percent bump over five years like you know the, the people in the auto workers did or something which by the way still doesn't come anywhere close to forty but but what 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 are you seeing if you were to put numbers on this in the last year or the last eighteen months I'm seeing exactly what you described at the beginning a, a lot of a lot of hours cut okay uh, so you know it, it, it's that that's the biggest problem. It isn't it isn't hard for people to find jobs. It is it is hard for people to um, you know to to get the hours in that they want to get. I mean, even uh, our Wednesday producer Andrew, he does his improv stuff and things at night, but he also works at one of these. Greg, what's the name of that place? Chicken something something. I've never been there. Some chicken joint. There's Chick-fil-A? a few. No, uh, I don't know. Greg probably doesn't even know either. Um, Chicken something, whatever. There's one by Wrigley and there's one on Michigan Avenue. Um, but he, he's nobody that works more than thirty hours a week. If you're trying to get forty, you can't get it. I don't know why, but 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 there's enough people where everybody's twenty seven, twenty eight, thirty, somewhere in there. And I don't I don't know how you, I don't know how you survive on that. I honestly don't. I mean, I, but for him it's probably okay because he he does the improv stuff at night and the comedy thing, which is what he really thinks his career is going to be. Well, that's great. So for him it's okay, but how the hell, if you're actually trying to make a buck, how's it okay? Just saying. Well, it, yeah, it, this is this is not easy times for anybody. Even the people who are making good wages, and even the people who are making good wages and feel like they have job security, um, you know, it, it's still uh, it, it's nervous times. Everybody talks about you know the grocery bills and and uh, you know and and the, the just the general cost of living. Everybody talks about, uh, you know, if, if the car breaks down, do I have the money to uh, uh, to have it fixed? Uh, you know, all of those things that we talk about all the time on the show are are absolutely in play, and you know that that's real life to people, and that's why you know when when whether it's Janet Yellen or the president or anything else, uh, anyone else who says, hey, it's getting better, um, you know, you you have a whole lot of people saying, no, it's not. It, it's not because we've we've talked for a long time now about even when you cut the rate of inflation, you're still at a price level that is just not manageable for most people. What do you think of me? Uh, my, I mean, obviously I've been hanging around, hanging around this inflation stuff since I was with Pullman, for God's sake. I I honestly think that it's for most people now, Kevin. It, it I hate to use the phrase. It's it's kind of different this time. Because the number, let's say in the in the late late uh, mid seventies, early eighties, it was at constant 12 percent a year that you were getting nine ten. I mean, it was it was pretty bad. But all of a sudden, people started to get in cost of living, and some people, uh, in their in their salaries and so forth. And and, the, and if you had savings, you always got more than the inflation rate, one or two percent. So, if you had money in the bank, you were getting twelve. The inflation rate was ten. So. There was some stuff that was worse, some stuff that was better. Uh, but I don't really recall, and maybe because, you know, people bought cars more often because they, they used to rust out. I don't really recall the 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 sticker shack. I mean, now, everything, how can I even say this? Everything sort of went sort of together where, you know, yeah, the milk was going up, the gas was going up, you know, blah, 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 and everybody's pissed off. But wages were going up some. I don't really recall the... The sticker shack stuff, where people all of a sudden in four years went to get a roof on their house and 
four years before it was five grand and now it's like 12. I mean, it, it kind of went up, but it wasn't, it was the stuff that you don't normally do. I don't remember, you know, the, uh, all of a sudden somebody going to a hospital to have a baby when you paid for it in those days yourself and coming out with like a $10,000 bill where it used to be one. I mean, it, I mean, I, I don't, rec- I mean, right now I think a lot of people, I mean, even on TV, they go, look at the price of eggs have come down, the price of gas has gone back up. Everything must be okay. No, it's not. Because there's stuff lurking around out there. They, they didn't have, uh, for your car repair, you didn't have a, a finance department at the dealership for repairs back in the 70s. I mean, people could, could afford that stuff. I mean, to, I, why do I think it's different? I can't put my finger on it, but you know what I'm talking about? Well, yeah, there are there are things that you know you know what you require out of the politicians besides staying the hell out of the way of the economy um, is is I think there is there needs to be a tone of optimism, and you know optimism isn't saying hey everything's okay or uh, see it's working you just need more time that's not what I mean by optimism that uh, optimism is talking about you know saying. What's this all going to look like a couple of years down the road? Um, you know, give people something to latch on to and something that is, is kind of an optimistic point of view. That was where Jimmy Carter broke down, as an example. He, you know, he, he just ne- he could, he never could give, give people that sense that we would be okay eventually. Same with George and, Bush 1. Um, Oh yeah, George Bush one. He, he was a very poor communicator in general. So yeah, <laughs> um, so uh, so you know that that's what you're running into, and you know this the president we have now is totally incapable of that. Uh, well, plus there. So you, you know, if your message is the other side uh, is evil and they're just obstructionists and they're getting away in the way of everything we want to do. Um, you know that'll that'll resonate with some people, but it's not it's not an optimistic point of view. Well, and you have the politics is is dug down to the fact instead of blaming both sides, and instead of blaming maybe what has changed in the system, being its being its money, being its something. The, this constant you know, we were going back and forth yesterday in our emails. This constant race to who's who's got the bigger sleaze bag. That, that's a that's a useless race. I mean, the question is why isn't the government functioning, and why has it not functioned, in my opinion, for the last twenty years? Is, is it money? the The idea that you have people can't come close to paying their prescription bills and stuff like that, then you have five people in front of con- or in front of Congress or ten, and they're all talking to the to the uh, the uh, you know Pfizer and the other people, and every one of them's taking a check from Pfizer, and I assume they have in the last six months probably that's that's not the government that we want or deserve kevin i mean uh i you know george george stigler was uh i think he was absolutely right one day and then we gotta go to carl here somebody said to him how do you stop corruption in, in the city of chicago he goes i can stop it tomorrow and uh and they said well how the hell are you gonna do that and he said well at the time mayor daly richard jay was making something like Forty grand a year, and I think the head of uh, General Motors was making, you know, four hundred grand a year. It wasn't like the millions they do now, but it was, you know, it was money. It was two fifty, four hundred somewhere now, which was a lot of dough back then. And uh, he says, "Mayor's got more employees, bigger budget, and and he's making. He says you can't put people in positions where 
they're very important, and you and you uh, you, you don't pay them much money because you know they're stealing, and then when you catch them stealing, you're pissed off. You can't do it. You can't have both. He said the mayor of the city of Chicago should make a million bucks. And oh, by the way, he gets a hundred thousand. The rest of it goes in escrow. And even after he leaves, we'll start paying him two hundred thousand out of the escrow. The minute there's any corruption when he was in office, we take it back. Now, a, a senator should make a million and a half, two million dollars a year. I mean, more more than a, than a reserve catcher, for God's sake. Well, he, well no, it, I don't know about that. Or, but I'm saying the, a good a good backup catcher is worth his weight in gold. Well, I, <laughs> uh, but aside from that, uh, I think you're right to a point, Tom, that uh, that you don't you know you, you don't want to make it a, attractive for people to be dishonest. But you know, two other things that I think would be factors. One, we argue about term limits a lot, you and I do, and one of the one of the big benefits to having some term limits is that you restore that notion that getting into government is about service. Um, it, it is not a uh, it's not a career, and as as the uh, country was designed back in the day, that's exactly the way it was supposed to work. So you know, I, I think there's there would be some value to that, but I also think the other part of it is. People don't go to jail, so well, I, you know, I, you know, we have, we have no go to jail for uh, for corruption. Then what's the deterrent? Well, we don't. We have okay. Uh, okay, we're going to bust you, but you're not. You know, we're not going to take away the money. Well, we can't. Taking. We can't wait to put Mike Madigan in jail for for allegedly having taken money from or some jobs from Commonwealth Edison. Yeah, Commonwealth Edison's fine. I don't. I don't, I don't we, yeah, that's what I mean. Everybody's got to go to jail. Everybody's got to go to jail, and when and the people who do go to jail from the political world are opponents of somebody. They cross some kind of line, right? Because, oh yeah, uh, you know, it, because it is not the common practice uh, to put people and uh, politicians in jail. It is just the practice that we do when we want to single somebody out and put them in jail. Well, and I hope we got a dash to cover, but I hope that everybody. I mean, I've been no. Uh, no stranger to my opposition to Mr. Trump as a person, but I'm also I am horrified by the amount of money that the that I'm saying a poor guy uh, that what what the Justice Department can do to somebody if they want to. I, I, I that's unconscionable to me. I didn't like Rob. Well, and, and especially with what we're learning this week. Well, and and everybody laughs at me for how many years have I been railing about what happened to Blagojevich was absurd. This is that on steroids. It's the same thing, Kevin, isn't it? Yeah. That that Trump. <laughs> I, I don't want to ever have a beer with the guy. I don't want to be in the same room with the guy. He doesn't deserve this. Nope. Nobody should have a forty-five million dollar legal tab with the government. I, don't, I mean, who the, who the hell can pay that? It's it's, it's, it's insanity. Or whatever it is. Yeah, so, and and so what you know what and and when I talk about what we're what we've learned this week, I, I encourage people to go read uh, Taibbi and Schoenberg's yeah. reporting this week. By the way, you also were supposed to get him back as a guest because he's been here a couple of times. I think Matty Weber got him, or was, or was it uh, Kathy? I think it was Kathy that got him. Um, maybe we'll have to get somebody to get him back. I, I think he's going to be a hard guest to line up because he's showing up on a lot of other shows. Oh, well, yeah, well, he doesn't. The other shows don't have you or Carl or, or, or Russell professors. Yeah. By the way, you know, I'm I'm gonna get all of you economic guys uh, together. I think uh, I'm gonna try and get you organized to do a uh, a session with some of my leadership students. What do you want? A big fight? 
but economic no, I think, I, I think we, yeah I think I think if you guys do get out it'll be interesting but you don't have we don't need it to be a food fight we just want you know you guys what, are what if Hale starts talking to get different opinions than what they might get on television what what are you gonna do if Hale starts talking about the Aust- Australia or what is the Austrian system uh, I would be the monitor I, I am uh, the moderator I'm pretty good at uh, at directing conversations in other words you shut off his mic uh, no, I wouldn't shut up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We I, I would mute him. <laughs> <laughs> SP Futures up 7, SP up 89. Be right back. It's Carl Denninger. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Stocks, jocks, Stocks jocks, stocks, and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now. Welcome back to Action Jacks. I'm Tim Al. Rick Pappas on the board. SP Futures up 8. Nasdaq Futures up 90. We'll have the full uh, traffic, weather, and sports and stuff after the PPI number comes up. So, uh, Carl, um, what do you think happened in Navalny? Natural causes? And, uh, what? The guy, Putin's guy who died in the Siberian oh, prison. Oh, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it was natural. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's uh, being sent to Siberia usually. Yeah. The, the gulag is a is a is a health promoting. Yes, place. yes, it's a it's a health, it's it's a health spa. It's it's a spa. Yeah. that's right. I mean, you know, all they, life is beautiful all the time, and I will be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats. And you know, you you, you jump out of the really nice hot tub and hop in the powder snow, and you know, it's like they do in Sweden. You know. Yeah, I, 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 I I'm I'm absolutely sure there's nothing hinky going on there at all. Did you ever do that? Do the cold hot uh, thing? Not that particular thing, but I, when when I was a teen, I had an uncle that uh, that held dual British and American nationality, which at the time was actually kind of difficult to pull off and not end up losing one of them. You had to be very careful what passport you used when you went to certain places and when you re-entered the U.S. Uh, today it's not a big deal, but but at the time it was. He ran a hotel in Bermuda, so I got to spend a week there. And he had, one, he had a, a sauna and a pool. So his, his gambit for uh, good health was to go sit in the sauna until you are good and cooked and then go jump in the pool. Well, it isn't quite the same thing as a ice bath. It's pretty close. God. We, did, uh, <laughs> we, were, we were staying at Steamboat one year, and we were way... To, we, of course, we 
didn't have a four-wheel drive vehicle. We got this spot halfway up the mountain. That was a problem. Uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, anyway, <clears throat> they had a, the place next door, there was nobody staying there. It wasn't a house. It was a you know, lodge. It had this gorgeous pool. And our place didn't have a pool. We just went over and hopped in, and nobody cared. But they had this, I don't know how many feet of powder the night before, so everybody decided we could jump out of the pool and hop in the snow. Oh, Lord. Um, I did that once. That was it. That, was, that, was, yeah, that, that carried me for the next 50 years. <laughs> one, one time was good enough. Just saying. Um, yeah, you know. <laughs> plus, if you happen a big thing of powder, it's hard to get out. Um, there, there is that. Too. Yeah, there yeah, is well, that. I've, well, I, you know, I have a habit of uh, going out to uh, Colorado at Wolf Creek to go ski. I usually do it once a year. We, we, we're planning our trip this year. We're going to be doing it. And uh, that's all the skiing and uh, none of the price associated with the crazy partying because the, the hill itself is on federal land, so they can't build the condos and the you know and all the other Ute stuff. Yeah, but don't they usually get the bo- just do it on the bottom? Well, the the problem is the the bottom, if you will. Um, in order to get off that land, uh, the bottom is twenty minutes away at either Pagosa Springs or South Fork. Okay, because I mean, at Steamboat, it's all it's all federal land, but the the actual valley on the bottom where they you know maybe the, the isn't the, right. the first five hundred feet up isn't. Right. Well, the problem is, is that that doesn't work here because of the way that land runs. Okay. So yeah. So basically, uh, that's that's one of the few places left in Colorado that you can actually uh, go ski and and don't uh, don't need to be Bill Gates in order to. You know, you could probably do this. I don't know how many people are as do with stocks and jacks, but I think there's only one area that actually where the area actually owns the mountain. Yeah, it's 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 kind of an interesting setup. It has to, and, and there's a lot of different you know aspects to it. But basically, the bottom line is is that uh, essentially all of those communities, if you will, uh, are outside that purview, that space, because otherwise you can't get title to the land. Well, that's why you, there's a certain amount of days that you pay a lease for that you can ski on. Right. And if, if, the, if the sometimes they'll let you if the Snow so horrible early in the year to let you tack a few days on it as a trade, but basically at Steamboat they get like a hundred days. Yeah, it's a, it's a, you know it's a, the deal is the deal, right? I mean that's how it works. But so yeah. you, you didn't name the one place. I uh, it's because I don't know what it is. Uh, I think it's Deer Valley because the, the mining company or something owned the mountain. Oh, uh, all right, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, anyway, so uh, Kevin and I were talking, and I sent you that we're here in the administration. You know, go back and forth on this. How how how's you doing on bases on the you know this price bubble that we've had or quick increase in prices? Now the inflation rate is less than it was a few years ago during COVID. It's nowhere near zero, even though they say it's their target is two percent. Well, my target is to run a marathon, but I'm never going to get there. Or the way they're working it, they're never going to get there. But say it's three, four, five. The rate has gone down. Now the question is, how good are people doing? Their contention is well. They have their contention is wages are continuing to increase this year and maybe last year. If you look at the the ramp down inflation rate, it's still positive. Um, it, it's the same mentality that says don't worry about the national debt. It's growing by two percent, and the the real real growth is two point zero zero one. As long as one's higher than the next, we're going to get there. This might take. 
three or four centuries. I think well, they're, they're taking uh, chief, uh, chief. Well, I mean that's the mentality. I'm saying the I, same I thing now. That, same but, thing but, now is with the wages. I I, I yeah. get that. I, okay, I, I'm just explaining their what they're coming at you I, with. I, how they're I know, doing. and yeah. you know what? Every single every single year, and it, you know, I was listening to you know you going on with this first hour, and and all I kept it, all I kept having go through my head at the time was every year we have a budget that comes out of the White House, oh, yeah. right? Every single year. And every single year they say that this budget places us on a path to balance. Right. Okay. Um, it's 10 years in the future or, you know, whatever. But it's but every year they say that we that's what we're doing. By the way, you know I agree with you. I'm just I'm just, I, I I'm just presenting I just, the I, other side as, as the moderator. Well, I, I, yeah, them. I understand that. I'm just saying that for the listeners, okay, you have been serially lied to about this aspect of things. For your entire adult life, well, in the last, I certainly have. In the last five years, the two biggest clunks, and don't worry, this is going to end up saving his dough, were Trump's tax decrease and Biden and Biden's infrastructure plan. They oh, both it goes back further. Well, it I'm saying it goes, I'm saying everybody should remember those two. If you want to go well, back ten or fifteen well, years, it, 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 go back thirty years for God's sake. Well, how about how about Obamacare? Yeah, well, <laughs> the. Uh, how about Ob- Obamacare is going is going to solve all of these problems. Oh, by the way, what they didn't bother to tell you about is that if because of how it works, they you now have this new thing on your tax return called Maggie, M-A-G-I. So you have normally you've always had adjusted gross income, right? Which is your you know your income minus certain adjustments. M-A-G-I is your income. Minus those adjustments, and then we add back in all the ones that will make your subsidy go away. I, I, I'm with you on this, and the only the, and, only, the only fight I have with the, the well, people. Well, that, let me tell you uh, where the problem comes from. Okay, so you get to be so for most people. All right, there's there's several things that where this thing can bite you if you're retired. One of them is that tax-free municipal bond interest counts, which means. If you are, if you buy tax-free municipal bonds, which you, which have a lower return rate, you buy them for the specific reason that you don't get federally and state taxed, right? I mean, that's the reason yeah. you buy them. Okay, guess what? They all count. Uh, if you're, well, screw- all right, be careful. If you, if I'm in Illinois and PTI Securities, if we buy an Iowa bond for you, Illinois, that is not free of Illinois state tax. Only Illinois. I, I, only Illinois well, bonds are. It's, well, it's, it's, it's a slight, slight thing there. Well, it depends on the bond. It, it, if it's if it's a, if you just buy tax-free municipal bonds without paying attention to where they're issued, and right. you have a state income tax, and yes, you yeah. can get hit with that. But but you can. There are funds that are state-specific that Correct. are designed to not have that happen. Right. Okay. If, you, if you buy a O'Hare something something bond, you're not going to tax in Illinois. Correct. Yeah. And, and so, you know, there's ways to, uh, yeah. You, you do have to pay attention if you live somewhere that has a state income tax. Uh, but here's the thing. All of it counts to pulling your subsidy back, all right, which means that that so-called advantage disappears because I don't care how you, I don't care how you name something. 
it, the only thing that matters is the total nut that you have to have and how much money you take home at the end of the day. Oh, sure. I don't, I don't care if you call it a tax, you don't call it a tax, whatever, it makes no difference. What matters is how much money is in your pocket when you're done call paying it, Call it a things. contribution. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, right, okay, yeah, yeah, made it gunpoint. You know, the, the guy that mugs me, he's calling that a contribution. Yeah, I think, I think we have, you know, I'd have a little difference of opinion with him, right? I got a good one for you, Carl. It's totally off topic. Cause so, we have, uh, so yeah. well, uh, let me, let me finish right, this. Okay. All right. So here's where the real screw job comes from. All right. So most people know that, that as of quite a number of years ago, part of the Greenspan Commission thing, the Grace Commission with, with Social Security, was the, 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 the full retirement age got indexed. Okay. So for people like myself, the full retirement age is now 67 as opposed to 65. Right. But you can take it early at 62. Right. You can, you can segue into it depending on Well, you can take it early at 62. Yeah. The, the thing is, is that if you do that, the way the tables are designed, yes, you get less each month, but the actuaries figured it out. So the total amount of the value, the total number of dollars you get is the same regardless of when you take it. Okay. Now, that's, that's actually, you know, that's reasonable, right? Assuming you last. Well, right. So, I mean, there is an element of betting in this. In it's still really the cutoff go- is 65, though, because of Medicare. But I'm, but I'm yeah, saying, if you yeah. think you're going to be older, if you think you're going to live longer, it is to your advantage to wait. If you don't, it is your advantage to take it because it disappears when you die. Right. So, so there's the, you know, there's, there's this element of individual knowledge that the actuaries don't have, but you do. Okay, fine. Except... If you are not working and you take it at 62, you don't have health insurance through your job, whether you're, actually whether you're working or not. Point being, someone else is not forking right. up the check, and you have to buy it on the individual Well, you can exchange. still be working at 62 and get your Social Security. Uh, uh, be careful. If you – that counts towards MAGI, and you will end up giving back all of that social security well, you definitely the, if, if you, there's no question that you might they will essentially it. confiscate it right, chief right. in, I, in I, your I health insurance subsidy right i get it okay so people think they took it at 62 no they didn't and and i have talked to a number of people who have been thinking about this and i said look are you working today well i do contract work i said so you're buying your own health insurance yes i said okay before you do this sit down and calculate out how much of that Social Security money you're going to give back in the form of lost subsidies. I said I'm willing to bet that you will find it doesn't work mathematically. You're an idiot to take it. You never you never have to give it back one for one. It, you get uh, it. Careful there. Yes, you now. This got changed. It, it, although it's going to expire at, not this tax year, but at the end of 24, unless it's extended before the pandemic. If you went over the subsidy cap. By a dollar, you got exposed to the entire cost of those premiums. Okay, all right. And I'm and right yes, you did give it all back, and sometimes more. Right, the it only- was entirely possible to have a nearly one hundred percent marginal tax rate on those dollars. But I will, the only concern I have about the argument about Obamacare, and I don't, I bring this up like all the time because, not that, not that it, well, whatever. I think it matters, but. The, the Obamacare, you're, you're never going to get me to say that it's a good system. Okay? I mean, you know more about it than I do. I believe you. I don't know of any. I know all kinds of. And if, I'm probably the only one who's attached it to the inflation piece, 
where right. if somebody was making forty-two grand under the magic fifty, and all of a sudden in the last five years he's now making fifty-two, he's he's still behind on his expenses, but now he's over the bulge of fifty where you got to start paying for all this stuff, right? Without any right. So right. I think it's an absolute double whammy. The only thing I will say about the Obamacare, the only thing I'll say positive, is that in in our you know collective lifetime. I, I remember, and you probably do too, but not many people do, I don't think. Remember the incredibly, I'm going to say, bleeped up state of medical payment systems in 1990, say, or 1991. How screwed up it was with the Cadillac insurance and the this and that. And now the hospitals you know, sent out the $10 diapers because some insurance would pay for them because they had other people in the hospital working that they didn't get paid anything for. and they had a, it, was, it was so screwed up. I mean, how it managed to function, I don't know. It's, it's, it's somehow the, the, the guile of America or something. And Hillary tried to do something with it. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember how bad or good her plan was. I know because she was working on it and the Republicans hated Clinton and they hated her even more. The thing went nowhere. Okay, so there's eight years. Bush comes in, totally ignored it for eight years. So now we're, we're 14 years into evolution of a system that basically sucked in the first place and now we get Obamacare and it wasn't done I'll say right it wasn't done on both sides of the aisle it somehow the the drug companies and the hospitals were way too involved and came out smelling like a rose I'm not, I'm not going to say that ever that it's a good plan Harold, you can never get me to say that but I'm one of the few people who I think realizes the ridiculous state that it was in before I don't know if it's any better. I don't know if it's any worse either, though. I mean, oh it, no! It's, it, it, but the thing is, is that the the whole the whole reason it was put into place. I remember that that there was a prior attempt under you know with with, with Hillary Care when Bill Clinton was president, right? Yeah, that went down in flames. It it, it probably was better than Obamacare. I, I don't well, know. It, it was essentially the same thing. Okay. Okay. But the the bottom line is that the reason that it was brought back under Obama and was shoved down everyone's throats. And it, this is one of the one of the terrible issues that you have with general with the way our government functions these days or fails to, is that the medical system was in the process of collapsing. Well, yeah, and 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 I mean literally collapsing. Okay, simply because you were being forced, you were being extorted, and and people were saying if they were healthier, f this, I'm not going to do it. Okay, and and oh by the way. Uh, if you happen to be relatively poor, you don't have a lot of money, uh, that's a winning strategy because with Mtalo, which Reagan put in place, if you have an emergent problem, you have to be treated. The law says that they cannot turn you away. They have to treat you. So if you get shot, you get in a car accident, whatever, even if you don't have any money. And, and oh, by the way, uh, that also applies to people who are not here legally in the United States. Okay. Can't can't do that. By the way, that doesn't work anywhere else in the world. Carl, what say we, let's, let's put this one on hold for a minute. Let's go to break early. Come back at the PPI number and then um, pick this up because I have a, I had a conversation with somebody who ran all the purchasing of the biggest hospital in Illinois outside of Chicago. And his his, even though we had a couple beers, I remember vivid, vividly him telling me how they get paid from very different people. You couldn't imagine any more screwed up, Carl. 
Oh, oh, yes, I could. Oh, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you probably could. <laughs> that's a big huge up six. But you know what? We'll also go after the, this wage an hour yeah, thing, too. Because yeah. well, we, we, the PPI won't take us too long to cover. Uh, no. Up seven, and the NASDAQ up 80. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market, along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control! Right here, right now, right here, right now. There's something happening here. What it is ain't exactly Welcome back, Stacks and Jacks. I'm tomorrow. Great Memphis on the board. SP Futures uh, down four now. NASA Futures only up 28. Uh, let me see. We get this. Uh, the PPI are still a little slower than on the air. Let me see if I can get it on the. Uh, point of uh, increase 0.3% in January. It was supposed to be 0.2, so that's worse. Uh, right. And uh, by the way, less foods, energy, and trade. Uh, Plus point six, uh, which, which by the way is the hottest number since Jan twenty three. Um, services rose point six. Uh, uh, final demand for goods point two. Yeah, Ouch. well, that well now here's the really ugly part, and this is also going to be in the CPI next month. Uh, if you, I don't know if you've had it happen near you, but everywhere that I've surveyed, including around here. Uh, gas is up uh, close to twenty percent in the last four weeks. What are you and, guys? What are you guys uh, up to? We're over three dollars again at most places, which is, I mean, it's an extraordinary rise. It's big. Uh, it's about forty cent increase. And that's you know twenty percent, and uh, that, by the way, right about now is in the middle of the survey. So it, that's going to hit. That was a help in the last CPI number, a big one. Uh, that is going to be a nasty spike in February. I have a, I have a procedural question for you. How the hell? Well, of course, you guys aren't taxed as much. I've got our Bob at two twenty nine. How the hell are you buying it under three bucks? Uh, well, you got about fifty three cents worth of tax. 
Well, I mean, we, our tax here is 92, so that's a problem. Well, that, there's, there is your issue right there. I mean, we're uh, <laughs> in, the, in the burbs where I get it. Uh, last week I was it was up to three thirty eight. That that's higher, like you say. City, yeah, city's five bucks. Yeah, our our B right now is quoted at two twenty eight, uh, two twenty nine. Call two twenty nine because it's you know with fractions. Yeah. But uh, yeah, then you have to put you know state federal tax on that. Uh, I we're, I guess I'm saying I wouldn't want to be a refiner right now. That's a narrow edge. Well, the spread, yeah, spreads, uh, you know, not so, not so. Well, and, and this is what's what's been happening, which is rather interesting, is that you know people say that the economy's doing great, da da da. You know, I really wish people would just stop. Whatever they're smoking, it's not the legal stuff you can buy in Illinois. Right? We yeah. can't buy it legally here in in Tennessee, but in Illinois, you can buy it legally. Kevin says uh, gas went up thirty cents in Northern Indiana yesterday. Well, and and you know what? There's and it's been very spiky. All of a sudden, out of the middle of nowhere, the station that I I go past that's usually I mean they're not the low they're not the cost the low cost leader, but they're you know their sign is right there on the road. I go by it pretty much every single day. Uh, all of a sudden, it's up you know twenty twenty cents overnight. I'm like, what the bleep? Yeah. And, and so I go look on Gas Buddy, looking around, and sure enough, it's everywhere. Included, we have a Bucky's, which of course you know tries to be two cents cheaper than anybody else. And it and yeah, it even hit them, and so I'm like, okay, here we go. But that's but that's going to go into the CPI next month, okay? Yep. So you've got that as a problem, and then uh, you know, as, as we were talking about it, as you were talking about in the first hour, you have hourly wages have gone up, but hours are getting cut, and so your check is actually going down. This is this is so weird for a guy in my generation, Carl, because if somebody told you. You know, when I was in, you know, when I first started working, hey, how much you make? I make twenty bucks an hour. You immediately would say, okay, well, twenty times forty—that's eight hundred a week. <laughs> but it's not. But now it's not. I mean, it, but mentally, I still do that. I multiply it by forty. You can't do that anymore. Well, and and by fifty, actually, you you know, two thousand hours is a work year, a man year. Yep. Right. It's fifty weeks, two weeks of vacation, fifty fifty weeks at forty hours. Right. I mean, that's that's. That's always been, I mean, that's the easy math. I think the right? number Pullman always was 2080. Well, but, yeah, but yeah. it's, you know, yeah. but I mean, the thing is, if you want to just do the easy math, it's 2000, right? Because, right. you know, you do that one in your head. You don't need anything. Yep. Um, but, but not no more. Obamacare was responsible for a very substantial part of that because you had the, if, if you go over the hour cap, then you have to offer health insurance and you get fined. Right. And so what what merchants did was they took roughly roughly four hours less than the actual cap, and that's where they, they capped you off at 32 hours. And the reason they would not let you go over if you were an hourly worker is because somebody might call in, and, you know, if they're sick, they they need you to pull a double. Well, if they do that, you'll, you, you pull another four-hour shift, and all of a sudden they get fined, right? So they, the actual... You know, cap off for retail workers has been thirty two since Obamacare was enacted. What, uh, Carl? Why is it? This is a, a question that even you, the professor, can't answer. Why do people come up with uh, a split in policy that really makes absolutely no sense, and then fifty years later they're still screwing around trying to mess with it to, to protect the policy? The, the, everything you everything we've talked about here. Everything we've talked about regarding insurance, 
employers and stuff for as long as well, as long as there's been a show and before that, all 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 stems from the ridiculous idea that my health insurance is deductible for PTI. It's not deductible for me. That's right. insanity. Why don't we just change that? Just how much simpler we can make this whole mess. Well, so there's yeah. So basically, the 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 essential problem isn't isn't the deductibility. Well, it's okay, it, but it's, it's, it's uh, but but yeah. It, it, and by the way, the rules on that are are really a little weird. I didn't understand them until I started running a company. Right. Okay. Then of course you end up having to understand them because you're the guy that has to make the decisions. Uh, and and the way it works is that you cannot discriminate among people on your staff if you offer it. Now, they, this may have changed with Obamacare, but this is how it was in the 1990s. You cannot discriminate. So if I offer personal health insurance to the employees, the amount that I take from their check for that cannot vary from person to person. We never took anybody's check. Well, but if you do, yeah, okay, if you do, all right, so that's that's the first problem. And the second one is you may not take more than 50% of the premium from anyone. If you do, you lose the deductibility. All right? So what does this lead to? All right, I got 18-year-old healthy men working for me that cost 100 bucks a month. Okay? Yeah. They cost nothing. <laughs> and I also have a 50-year-old woman working for me with a bunch of conditions, pre-existing conditions that cost $500 a month. And I cannot charge her more out of her check, nor can I take rateable amounts out of each person. I have to take the same amount or take nothing. I, obviously, I can take nothing, right? One way or another, no matter how you do this, the system is designed that that 18-year-old gets screwed out of part of that 50-year-old woman's premium. Well, you can look at it Look, you can, well, there's a, there's a bunch of different ways to look at it. What we what we evolved into here, and this might have been you know after you weren't doing the businesses, we 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 provided a a real solid base, and then people could add life insurance, they could add disability, more disability, they could add dental, right. they could they could do all that themselves. But even yeah, there's but, things yeah. there's things you can do to chal- yeah. to to change how this works. Okay, but the, but the essence of it is that the way that the law is structured is designed to hide the cost. It, it is all designed to to favor the medical monopolists and to, and to bury the truth. Oh, without truth. a doubt. We, we, we were, we didn't have, we had, I don't know, at our top we had probably 12 people. We had a combination of young ladies and childbearing age and old farts. <laughs> we, were the, we were absolutely the worst. Yeah, that's that's uh, kind of the worst rated. Well, and and you know what? You don't realize exactly how ugly this is until you run a company and you get the premium statement and every single person in your shop is individually rated and has a different price. And you do. Um, I don't, you know, we 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 you know what we did is we went into a that didn't happen to us. Uh, yes, it did. Well, you we'll just get, didn't see it. No, no, actually what we did was we went with uh one of the uh we actually remember uh yeah, remember Bob Cerrone? He's been on the show. Yeah, he he ran. Uh, he, we still got a commercial in there for him. Um, he he ran one of those places where you essentially became their employee to get in their in their footprint. Right. So every, right. everybody was the same. 
because well, but, uh, but no, you're not. I, I I know that's the, that's yeah. the fiction. Okay, when when you get to a certain size, there's this convenient fiction that gets that that, that you know that the the thing looks level. We, we became at a certain, part of a bigger group, so it saved us I under, a lot. Of I understand that. But if you think that every single person in your in your shop was not individually rated, oh, I'm, sure wrong. Yeah, I'm sure they were. They were. Yeah. It just you know all you saw was an average, right? Right. Okay, fine. You saw an arithmetic average, but the fact of the matter is, is that if you shifted your employment base, the people you hired, your price would have changed. You know, when I when I started as a market maker at First Options, with like you know not much money in my account. Uh, I, my insurance was was covered by first options before I even made my first trade, and I didn't pay them anything until I made a trade. And and when I got some people working for me, guess how much it was for my clerk, even if they had a family. And this was a really good policy. Oh, probably quite cheap. Hundred bucks a month. Yeah, that doesn't surprise. That's that. It, you know, we were seeing double digit annualized increases and it was it, it, I mean it was the thing that set me off it's the reason I've been on about this since I was running MCS to the degree that I have and I've been screaming about it for the last 25 years and it's just it's it's just simply that there's this cannot continue and yet every single entity and and you know it, it, what what really annoys me more than anything else is that all of this is a felony it's been a felony for a hundred years oh yeah yeah and and yet I don't care who you vote for, I don't care which political party you support. Makes absolutely no difference. Trump, you know, people love you know. There's the people out there that love Trump. As I pointed out when he was running for president the first time in 2016, he had on his platform, on his official platform, he had three planks. They would not have completely resolved the problem, but they would have taken a huge chunk out of it. Every single one of them disappeared within seconds when the race was called for him that night against Hillary. Yeah. I was sitting in a bar in Pensacola. I saw it happen in real time. And they have never been seen again, and they never will. He never meant it. It was a lie. You're, you're, you're saying the same thing that I always say. Whoever we elect is not in charge. Well... All, all I'm saying is that those people who think that Trump was going to take a wrecking ball to the deep state, no, they're, they're, I don't know what you're smoking, but I guarantee it's not legal well, anywhere in the United could States. It, could, it, could anybody? Yeah, you, but you know what? You'd, you'd have to. But here's the thing. I know you, you have to, that. but I tell you what, I don't want to be the guy who does it. Talk about a miserable well, life. Well, I, oh, I, hey, listen, I'm sure that they'll find some way to you know, claim that you eat babies. Yeah. It, it, I mean, you know, that's going to be, you know, you think the pushing granny down the stairs ads are bad. Oh, my God. So, by the way, in the PPI, <laughs> yeah, I point I pointed this out the other day. The CPI that you had a uh, you had a two percent, two plus percent increase in hospital services in the CPI last month, monthly, not annualized, monthly. But doesn't matter. It's only six percent of the basket. Yeah, well, it's it's twenty percent though. That's going to go into CMS. Right. Well, I get it. Okay. All right. Guess what? It's also in the PPI data. Two point two percent for hospital outpatient care. I have a. I was going to save this maybe till Tuesday, but you know what? We got we got a few minutes. There's a, a gentleman in the in the building here. We become really good friends. He's an engineer in the place. He has a uh, hernia. I don't know. I didn't. I don't know what little her, whatever the hernia. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. It's a little hernia you get from lifting or whatever. And yeah, I, I you know I'm sure there's some name for it. I, I don't, the last thing I want to do is ask him what kind and. <laughs> you know that kind of thing, but 
but he's he, you know he's got one of these policies where you got to pay up for one of these things, right? And uh, so his deductible is forty seven hundred. Yeah. He's, then he's got to pay a certain amount for you know for his percentage. So the the place where they the hospital they want him to go they want thirty two grand for this. It's gonna take like an hour. You know you know what he needs to tell him he needs to tell him I want the Medicare price. Well, okay, but here, so his his tab is going to be nine G ninety five hundred bucks. Yeah, and now so I went online yesterday, and of course I can't define the medical thing, but it's going there. How much does hernia, hernia surgery cost? Virtually, this is how smart these guys are. Virtually everywhere, it's if you want somebody to open you up and do it, it's like five to six grand if you go to one of these. I'm not certain, but, go, but if you want the laparoscopic thing. Where they where they do the you know the machine or whatever it, uh, they do it, they do it through uh, whatever it's, it's like a it's like a ar- arthroscope right uh, right so you know they, they have three holes instead of an incision whatever whatever that all is right uh, they want like seven to nine okay so, all right tell him to go tell him to go on to Surgery Center of Oklahoma's that's, uh, that's where I went to one of those places uh, I, I surgery Surgery Center of, of Oklahoma. Um, does all all these, and it's it's a soup to nut. Now, of course, no insurance; it's cash. However, uh, it will be it will probably be less than his deductible. Um, but I guess my question, it, but it's, you know what I'm saying? It's come it's coming out to almost the same price, right? Which is really really sneaky. I mean, not sneaky, but these these guys are on this crap. You, you mean you mean felonious? Yes. Yes, let's use you know you know the first the first step towards solving every problem, no matter what it is, is to use the correct word right. to describe the problem. All right, we have, you know, like we just we just had, uh, you know, uh, some people decide to pop off at each other during the KC parade. Yep. Right. Um, let, let's let's. Use the yeah. Notice, notice how they haven't identified any suspects. Uh, no pictures. Right. No, no identification. No nothing. You know, if that was a couple of white guys banging at each other, that it would have been all over the news five seconds oh, after it happened. Right. All right. So we know that it's it's one of two things: either they're a bunch of immigrants, or it's a bunch of black people. I would say right? it's not immigrants. Well, it's probably a bunch of black people. All right. But the, I don't. I don't get the part. If you're going to shoot at somebody. You're supposed to at least have some kind of idea who's behind the person you're shooting. Yeah, yeah, Chief, you're assuming that the that the people who are doing this kind of thing and the same thing. You know, look, I, I know this is politically incorrect. I don't care. It's the truth. The, this is FBI data. All yeah, right, I got it. it. But I mean, I don't it, understand why. Because they don't. I, I could never have a beef with anybody enough where I'd want to shoot them. But if I did, I sure as hell make sure they didn't sit somebody else. You mean like a bunch of kids who yeah. happen to be in the immediate area, yeah. which is exactly who ended up getting shot. Yeah. All right. Well, guess what? These people care so little about human life, so little, that they literally don't care. Well, that's right. I mean, I, I, anybody who does it. And that's why this kind of thing keeps happening all over Chicago, too. Yeah. Right? Without it, without you got two gangbangers that go at it, and they hit a four-year-old kid. I, every time something like that happens, Carl, I, I go, I figure that's it. That's the bottom. We're going to find a way to fix it. Just like... Every kind of loved, hated the mob crap during the '30s. Yeah. Until all of a sudden, the St. Valentine's Day massacre came, and they said, "No, that's it. We can't, we gotta, 
That's it. We're done. We're done. Yeah. We're, we're done. But did, but, my, but you, no, no, let me get back to this because I, I have to say yeah. something to this guy. I don't know if if he has the choice. I have two big questions for you. If other places are actually doing it for seven grand, are they charging him? Say he's paying twenty percent of the hospital bill. Are they paying him twenty percent of the gr- charging him twenty percent of the gross? Before they get their big discount, I suspect they are, which I think would be really, really felonious. Uh, they are, and by the way, this is why you. This is the thing, though, that you're protected from with Medicare. Okay, this, this, this is the. I mean, because you know, traditional Medicare is an eighty twenty plan. You pay twenty percent. Problem is for the for the hospital, they don't get to play that game with you if you're on Medicare, right? Because Medicare prohibits it. All right. So, so in other words, Medicare actually protects you from the felony, but nobody else gets protected from the felony. Right, and that's why these guys. Now, the second question is probably if this person, because he's going to ask me, uh, he's going to say, "Should I go somewhere else and get and pay seven grand for cash, or go to Mexico, which they can get it done cheaper down there, right? uh, Or should I pay the ninety five hundred now?" Since it is well, only, I, okay, but since it is only February, and part of the ninety five hundred is his deductible of forty seven hundred, which makes him good for the year. I don't know how I'd make that call. I'd almost think that you. Might well, be I well I will tell you how I would make the call. Okay, well, that's what I'm asking. Uh, I I would go somewhere like the Surgery Center of Oklahoma, and I would pay the cash. And the reason I would do it is because it is a soup to nuts price they are far less likely to give you an infection in the hospital because they have to eat it if they do it. Okay. All right. Now, if well, he's they... he's got to get screw- to Oklahoma. Well, I understand. Well, yeah. Guess what? You can drive there, okay? But here's, but here's the thing. If you get screwed in a, in a traditional care-style U.S. hospital, not only do they get to bill you for it, but you get the personal medical consequence of having been screwed, which might be lifelong. Oh, I, I get it. All right. Now, I I want the place that does that, if I've got to get cut open, um, I will take the place that has the one-tenth of one percent rate. Okay, of but you're, 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 you're adding, I'm saying j- just as a numbers basis with the, vol- with the deductible involved, I think you got to save more than a couple grand just on the money side, not on the infection side. I, I understand. Yeah. I understand where you're coming from in that. In that, because if, if something happens does, next month, you break a finger working, you want to you want to have your deductible paid for. I I get that, but see, this is this is the difference. So the way I the way yeah. I look at this. Well, that's why I'm asking you. You're looking the way at I look at this problem and the way I've looked at this problem all the way, you know, since the Obamacare mess came in, and in fact before then, since I left, you know, since I left working at MCS, is that. Insurance is there for catastrophes that you otherwise could not cover on your own. Um, except, I I, yeah. I I get I get where you're going to go. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying that's that's my view of what insurance is. And, and now, in, in your view, any firm that has more than thirty or fifty people should get catastrophic insurance, and they should self-insure the rest. Except. PTI or your old firm does not have a network. Our price is so much different. The insurance pays, and that also is felonious, by the way. But that's the reality of it. I, I it, and I get that. Okay, 
the but the problem that you have is that when you get into a system that is that which is what we have today which is essentially prepaid health it's not insurance it's prepaid access to services right okay that's what you that's what which it shouldn't health be but it, which it, it shouldn't be but that's what it is yes okay the problem with that model in general and and you saw an extreme example of it when we had this virus show up but it is everywhere is that just as an example there is no money to be made if you're not there in other words if you don't use any of this service they make no money right right so therefore anything that that decreases the amount of your spending in general from their perspective is bad so if you have bad blood glucose numbers, as an example, they will not tell you to get the carbohydrates out of your diet. They'll say, here, have some metformin, have some drugs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why do you want the, why do they give you the drugs first? Because if they give you the drugs first, you have to come back and see the doctor again because he has to monitor you. And you well, get an your awful lot of people, if they go to the doctor, don't come out with a pill or aren't happy either. Well, there's, but guess, but guess who created that expectation? Well, they did. Hey, let, uh-huh. me, give you, let me give you a quick story of, of when I was, when I mentioned earlier about this gentleman, the purchasing guy at uh, this hospital. This is 1992-ish, and uh, he said we have. This is what insurance companies at the time would just. This was just starting to explode, Carl, to, to explode to the to the horrible end that it became. Yeah. He said, we have about 20% of the people, maybe 25, that have the full-bore Blue Cross Blue Shield, whatever it is, policy, like like I had and probably you had. And uh, he says, whatever that is, you come in and have a baby, you know, we send you out the door with the, the three packs of diapers at 40 bucks a throw. <laughs> You're not going right. to do what they, they should be, 10 bucks a throw. Because, and those guys, when they get the bill, they just write a check. Okay, so then there's the next 30% or maybe insurance companies that have figured out that if they negotiate with us, they get a better deal. Right. So then we've got, okay, the, so the first guy for an appendectomy, he might be paying, in those days, five grand. On the negotiated guys, every, every every appendectomy that doesn't go sour is three grand. So now we got this pricing thing here. Then we have Medicare, which pays their stuff. Then we have Medicaid, which at the time, this is a long time ago, you see, they give you like 100 bucks a day whether you do brain surgery or whether you don't do anything for the guy. Right. Because so we've got this incredibly weird tier where, in, in essence, the people who were in the hospital, in the hospital, uh, and had the Cadillac plans insured to a certain extent the rest of the people in the hospital, which is totally screwed up. It's, it's even worse as a concept than Obamacare. Well, I mean, you know what? The, the, you, why don't they just, uh, you know, listen? If we're gonna, if we're gonna do stuff like that, and, and well, I mean that's the way it was. That, I'm just telling you. Well, we've it, been doing that yeah. for a long time, yeah. right? Why don't they just have the guy at the door shove the gun up your butt yeah. when when you come in? Well, I, I right? get it. I'm, I'm saying that the I, the only thing, the the criticism of Obamacare. The only point I'm making this. I'm not I'm not trying to say it's good or bad because I think it's pretty bad. But the only point I'm making here is is that. The system before Obamacare, if you just would have let it run out till now, would have been an abomination on its own. It would have, coll- it would have collapsed yes. and had to be fixed, yes. which is which they couldn't let happen. Right. right. So they sort of patched it together with God knows what, bubblegum. Same people making all the dough, only more. I'll give you another, when I, when I, with my suspicion on uh, 
you know, this whether this guy is paying 20% of a price the insurance company is not paying. Uh, boy, how could anybody be cheat like that? When I remember those uh, uh, health savings accounts. Oh yeah. Well, we had we had those for here, and, and the people who you know wanted to. Uh, for those that don't know what these things are, you, you your deductible went to like five grand. It started out five, then it went to six. So I said I'll do that, and I hadn't been in hospital in ages. So I uh, I do that, and after three years, I've never I've never gone anywhere. So I've got so essentially, you were able they put you were able to put uh, five thousand bucks a year, which was your right. Deductible, it's a, yeah, and into it's, a, and it's pre-tax. Essentially, right. it was like another IRA. Right. So it's pre-tax. So it's in there. So I've got fifteen grand in here, and I'm thinking, hey, this this thing, I can put more in here than I was putting in my IRA, right? This 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 is going to work out right. Fast forward like ten years, and you know, I'll more, more like I said, more in here than I have. Of course, you had crummy choices. Only one bank did it. So all of a sudden, in one year, I get like three things in a row. It was, uh, you know, nothing major, but where my doctor sent me to a specialist, and then the specialist said you need an MRI. <laughs> well, the, the specialist and the MRI, I think all three times came out to like 4950 bucks or something. And I'm going... Yeah, and, and, you, and you know what? If you'd hopped on a plane and gone into uh, reading... Well, I, I, without a doubt. I mean, I was yeah. too, too dumb at the time to say, wait a minute, how much is an MRI? <laughs> and, and, you know, you, you can get an MRI now for 250 and walk in the door there's places. And they're right, well, so, they're $100 in, in the yeah. reader. So, yeah. so I, all of a sudden I'm sitting there going, I don't have any money left here. And the insurance company never paid a dime. But right. these these guys are not dummies. No, oh no, and that's and and the thing is, you know, there's there's so many people that think they found some way to to get around this problem. But I keep pointing out to them, no, you're wrong. Okay? Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna you you may not have gotten the shank yet, but I guarantee you, you're gonna get it. Well, right. I told you a story when I bought my uh, I think I bought a brand new extended cab. It was beautiful, ninety nine. I think I bought, and it was those, those days they gave you uh, what three years thirty. Six thousand miles, right? Was the powertrain right. warranty? Yeah, so some that's guy what I had in mind. Yeah, so some guy calls me up and he goes, uh, "How would you like to extend that to seventy-five thousand?" I go, oh, "I might. How, how much you want?" And he goes, "Like five hundred bucks." So I immediately figure, okay, it's not very much money. Um, so he doesn't think it's going to break. Well, but obviously, if it hasn't broken by thirty-six, it's probably going to. Which has been my experience on cars anyway. If something doesn't break right away, right. it probably lasts a long time. So I go, how about if I want to extend it to 100000 Uh we, we don't want that. <laughs> Which basically, basically told me somewhere between 75 and 90. Sell it. Sell it. <laughs> Either sell it or, or be prepared to get a something or other, a new computer or a new right. transmission or something. But these guys, are they're not dummies. I mean, anybody thinks no, they're going to outsmart them, it's just... Well, that's that's the whole thing, though, Chief. Is these guys all they all know the game, right? And yeah. They all and they have the numbers. They have more data. And this is why I get so so annoyed with people is that you think that you know there's so many people on both the left and the right. I don't care which side political aisle you're on. They think that there is some solution to be found here. These guys have more information than you do. It's one of the reasons that I get so upset with all the BS that goes on with like you know the the, the cost of college and this you know fast fund and the you know the student financing everything else. You are dealing with people that have a thousand times of the the, the data set that you as an individual without a have. doubt without a doubt. All right, they are far, and it's not that they're smarter than you are. They just have a thousand times as much information, and there is no way. You will, and and the whole reason we have antitrust law, the entire reason this this body of law exists, is because in the late 1800s, 
The railroads at Standard Oil did the same effing things. There's no, there's no new game. There's no and new it, game. Well, and it blew up in everybody's face. Yep. And Congress said, that's enough of that crap. And and But now we have two parties, neither of which, and, and states, including states like Tennessee that actually have, you get your charter yanked as a corporation, which is really, I mean, that's a corporate death penalty. Instantaneously, you're out of business. And yet, not one attorney general, not one, will bring those criminal charges. No, nobody wants not to go one. That road. It doesn't matter which political party you're with. Well, plus, never if, happens. If you go, if you go after, pick a place, Microsoft, you know, whatever. I happen to think those that guys was are, civil, chief. I know. Find saying, the last okay, criminal but, charge. I know. That's but been if, late. If, if you did that, we're gonna have to dash here. But if you did that, imagine the human cry if that stock went down hundred points. Well, I understand yeah. it, but but find me the last criminal. Oh, it's got to be charged. Well, even that even, even AT and T was broken up. It wasn't criminal. That's correct. And, and same thing with IBM with AMD. All right, we got a dash. But by the way, the t- ten-year rate is back over four point three or four point three oh nine. If this keeps creeping up here, four 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 five five. I don't have, think it, have have fun with your stock market. Yeah, have have fun with the market. I think there, but, but maybe you won't. <laughs> Carl, thank you very much. See you on Tuesday. By the way, no uh, no trading on Monday, so there will be no stocks and jacks. But we'll be back Tuesday morning. Good job, Greg. Uh, Everybody have a good weekend. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.